This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You're live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with my app nerd friends, John Beeler and Graham Williams. Still broadcasting from home, day 45. <laughs> Has it been that long? Uh, we have an awesome show for you uh, today. Uh, on the program uh, later on, we will uh, be talking about webcams. Uh, huge shortage right now of uh, decent webcams. If you've tried getting one, you'll... Uh, You'll probably know this uh, already, but we've got uh, some suggestions, including uh, for people that own some nice Canon DSLRs. There's an app to turn them into like high definition webcams. You will look amazing in your next Zoom call. We'll also take a, uh, a question from our mailbag uh, asking about uh, Zoom backgrounds and uh, different MacBooks and whether they work or not and what you can do if they uh, don't. And uh, we'll be talking about what we're watching as well, as far as streaming is uh, concerned. We've got lots of time. There's a lot of great shows on there. We've probably burned through uh, most of the Netflix and Amazon library that we want to watch. So we have some suggestions for you to check out uh, as well. And I'll be uh, chatting about a a story I had uh, with my cell phone provider. That is uh, probably a, a good lesson for everyone out there. Let's start off with some of the uh, the news. And I think the big thing uh, happening this week, guys, would be the uh, Apple and Google coronavirus tracker. They uh, have uh, launched that in beta for Apple uh, iPhone users. And uh, now it's just, uh, I guess, a matter of uh, the health providers and health authorities coming up with apps that basically track coronavirus uh, victims. Thoughts, guys? Uh, do you think this is going to be uh, a widespread rollout uh, once it gets going? I know personally for me, I'm going to be turning it on. And I think this is incredibly important. We were talking about this uh, before the show and the idea of, you know, people possibly not wanting to use it or, or not self-reporting kind of, it, it intersects with the idea of preventing the spread of this thing is probably the most important thing. So, you know, am I going out to go get groceries? Uh, you know, if I if I had COVID-19, I would not. I would have someone else go out and do that. But if you happen to be near someone in the grocery store who is then later identified as having this, this actually lets the app anonymously inform you and, and, and you know, by way, of, by way of the way it works, inform other people who've been in contact with you that they should, one, self-isolate and two, go get tested. So this really is one of our ways of getting ahead of this thing. Uh, I know a lot of folks out there are concerned about the privacy implications, so you have the choice not to use it, and both Apple and Google have said they're going to turn this functionality off uh, at the end of it, which I think was actually pretty much the plot of The Dark Knight the movie right at the end yeah. um but uh you know I, i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna throw some trust their way on this one and say yep i'm gonna use it and uh i i, I hope other people will as well john will, will you use this yeah i'm actually well i'm kind of already using it the uh i don't know if we can show this on the video podcast but uh the latest beta of ios uh 13 uh it dropped uh this week and it's now available there right now it's just a, a toggle switch saying that you're going to use it or you're not but there's no actual apps that are providing that information and, and broadcasting it over bluetooth to your surrounding uh iphone users as well so um but I, th I think the API goes live on May 1st. So it'll probably won't take very long for some of these things to start popping up in some of the, uh, the apps and, and possibly some new ones as well to help share that information like Graham mentioned. So yep. there is also the Canadian government COVID-19 app that they put out very, very quickly. And it's, it's good. 
right? It, it's got lots of great up-to-date information, instructions on a, how to go about hand washing. I feel like this would be the ideal app to tie this into here in Canada. Yeah, especially because it's an official official application from the government too, as opposed to some startup health company or something like that. Well, it'll be interesting to see what countries do come on board with it. Uh, I've been reading that the National Health Service over in uh, the UK are going to be going their own way, and they're not going to be using this uh, particular uh, technology. But I think in some way or format, uh, I think this is an important type of technology that we need to introduce uh, to the public. And I think we've seen with this particular virus, and it's not a, a good virus. Obviously, you know, thousands of people are dying from this, but there could be even worse pandemics in the future. And I think this is an opportunity now to figure this technology out, to figure out the privacy issues uh, so that we are more prepared uh, in the future. And the fact that, uh, you know, we have Apple and Google behind this, if they can truly make this uh, private and anonymous, uh, you know, I I would support support that because, you know, as we've seen with governments, you know, once they get uh, control or access to certain types of information, they're very reluctant to, to give that back if they have to in the end. So looking uh, at uh, some other uh, tech news or app news uh, this week, uh, a study from uh, MasterCard, they've uh, done a poll, nearly 80% of Canadians are now using contactless payments uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic, which I don't think is a surprise to anyone. I'm still shocked that uh, there are some stores around in the area that still want me to stick my card into this machine and touch that keypad. Um, you know, I've been trying to get people onto contactless payment for a very long time myself personally, and more specifically onto things like Apple Pay and Google Pay. Um, you know, you should know that when you use your contactless payment with your card, it's secure. If you're using it with your phone, it's even more secure. It's generating a one-time use token. So this is actually one of the best ways to pay for stuff. Um, and so the idea that this is not secure for anyone is, is frustrating. I understand. I mean, I live right next to Vancouver's downtown east side. So the idea that somebody's wallet gets stolen and then, <laughs> you know, somebody goes on a, on a run to go and buy cigarettes or whatnot uh, with their cards, I, I get that that can be an issue, but that can't happen with the authentication that's going on with your phone. So it's good to start seeing the shift happen because honestly, those keypads have never been clean and it's now more than ever, I don't want to be touching them. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, MasterCard, I think, has done a good job. Uh, from what I understand, they've actually relay, uh, raised the limit for contactless uh, payment. Uh, you know, in most cases, it's been, I think, $100. I, I believe they brought it up to like $250, which, you know, makes uh, a lot of spent, uh, sense, especially, you know, while you're grocery shopping during uh, the pandemic here, you're typically running up bills over $100. But I, I don't see that Visa has really caught up with that yet, because uh, I mostly use uh, Visa debit cards or like my um, my Visa credit card, and I, I still seem to be at the $100 limit for that. I've actually switched to using my MasterCard for this simply because of that, because it does make it easy for me to make those purchases without thinking about it, as opposed to... I had I had a purchase the other day um, before I'd made this this mental switch, and I'm, again I'm using Apple Pay, but I had had it default to my Visa. It was 101. dollars How much? 101. <laughs> and so it wouldn't go through. And so it's just that moment of okay, I'm actually going to start using the the payment method that's going to work in this particular case. So that sort of it, it's taken that decision out for me. Um, and I think the folks that were Visa probably should be looking at this, going if we want to compete in this space, we need to we need to catch up. I, I think you, you brought on an important point, though, that 20% that aren't using it are probably because their stores aren't supporting 
contactless payments. I know my local grocery store has an old school um, machine and it, it, it just annoys the hell out of me that I have to basically, uh, you know, uh, sanitize my card, my hand and everything, you know, seconds after using it as opposed to just tapping my watch, which I found when you can tap you with your watch, you don't even need to even touch anything. You can still be like a couple centimeters or even an inch or two away and you still get the confirmation go through just fine. I'm actually using a, uh, I picked up one of these UVC devices. Have you guys seen these out there? What are they? Uh, so it's, it's um, the one that I have is called a phone soap. Yes. And so you can, yes. you can throw your devices and your cards in there. Uh, it takes about 10 minutes. And, you know, there's all sorts of warnings. The FDA hasn't confirmed this yet. It's the same thing that they're using in hospitals to clean uh, hospital rooms. So while I'm still digital, diligently washing my hands and cleaning these things down, I find that's uh, sort of a good second line of defense uh, when I do have to go ahead and stick a card into a machine. Very. I just throw it on my my dresser and I don't touch it for a week till I go out again. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that dresser is quarantined. I'm sorry. Yes. Over there. After soaking <laughs> it in kerosene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another interesting story here, guys. Uh, I'm always looking for Tesla news. I uh, bought myself a Model 3 uh, back uh, last June, loving it. Uh, one of the features I do like, it comes with basic uh, auto steer, which has been fantastic. Uh, you know, I typically was commuting uh, about an hour each way uh, from my home in uh, South Surrey to uh, downtown Vancouver, where our studio is. And uh, the auto steer was fantastic. It's just, uh, you know, a great way to, you know, obviously you still have to have your hands on the wheel and uh, your wits about you, but, you know, kind of, helps you relax a, a little bit more as the, the car can uh, adapt to the uh, the speed of uh, the cars uh, around it. Well, they also have the full self-driving mode that uh, I could have purchased when I, I bought the vehicle, but they haven't really perfected that yet. And I think it was like $9,000, which I just thought was insane. But it's getting more and more interesting. They keep adding features to it. And I think the latest one is that uh, it allows the autopilot in the full self-driving mode now to stop at uh, stoplights and stop signs by itself which I thought was cool. But again, I'm looking at that price, $9,000, which is a lot of money. And, you know, it's so easy. They make it easy. You can basically put your credit card in on the, the touchscreen in your Tesla if you want to order it. Uh, but uh, they've announced that they're working on a subscription plan for people that might want to access that on a monthly basis, which I thought was way more appealing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, breaking anything down into monthly payments usually makes it a bit more tolerable. And now if it's, you know, if we're breaking that down, that $9,000 down over, say, 10 years, and it kind of evens out, I'd say we're probably in the right price range. Um, you know, if they're looking for hundreds of dollars per month, I'm not really sure that's going to go so well. Looking at this from Tesla's perspective, though, I think they probably found that a lot of Model 3 owners are looking at it going, that's a big chunk of change. So they're opting out. And quite frankly, as Tesla continues to develop these features, they need more data points. So if they can subsidize the acquisition of that data by having consumers pay uh, in small amounts while they're continuing to develop this, while also kind of setting expectations as to where it is, it's kind of a win-win. I think so. I'm, uh, I'm interested to see the pricing, though. Um, I can't imagine it being below $100 a month. I mean, if they're charging $9,000 uh, for the full self-driving package, um, you know, they're not going to be giving it away for 20 bucks a month. <laughs> I don't think. Maybe True. you can do, maybe you can do as a, a pay as you go. Uh, you know, so today your trip, you know, your, your hour long commute, you can pay 20 bucks and have the, the car drive for you. Oh, that's a good idea. 
Well, we'll have to wait and see. Okay, we're going to have to take a break here on the App Show. We have a lot more to talk about on the program today. Later on, we'll uh, be giving you some uh, webcam alternatives. If you have been unable to find a high-quality webcam online because uh, you want to replace the one you're using, we've got some uh, other ideas for you. And uh, we'll also be reaching into our mailbag. We've got a head We've had a few questions from people about uh, Zoom backgrounds. Some people can't access them because their computers aren't powerful enough. Well, we'll uh, give you some ideas on that. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike, John, and Graham here. Still lots to talk about on the program today. Later on, we'll give you some webcam alternatives. If you've been trying to buy a new webcam online, as you can imagine, they are in short supply. Well, we've got some uh, ideas that uh, will let you use maybe some of the cameras you have around the home. Uh, on this uh, segment here, I want to talk about uh, a little incident I ran into uh, with my uh, my carrier. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll name them. <laughs> it was Rogers, but I think this is similar to many of the other carriers out there. Uh, do you remember that uh, time back two years ago when all the carriers uh, matched themselves on that $60 a month plan for 10 gigabytes. I do. Hours spent on hold trying to get that. Well, I got it. And I got it not only for myself, but uh, my, my wife and one of my sons. And, you know, at the time, I mean, that was a hell of a deal. Like there was nothing that uh, could touch that. I think I had maybe two gigs a month and I was paying more for it. So I was very excited. So when I was uh, at the store, um, they had an offer on that uh, you could also, if you wanted to, get a, uh, a new phone into the whole package, obviously for a little extra a month, uh, a new Google Pixel. So I thought, hey, I'm going to do that. It was just another 20 bucks, uh, you know, that brought it up to, I think, $80 a month. And it was a two-year commitment. So I got the two ones, basic, 60 bucks a month. The last one for 80 bucks a month, but I, you know, got the Google Pixel phone, two-year commitment on that. Anyway, two years have gone by. And uh, I thought, you know what? Have I paid that thing off yet? Anyway, I looked at my bill, and it was paid off back in December. Do you think they're still charging me for it? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> of course they are. Of course they are. And so I thought, oh, come on. And uh, I, I phoned them up, you know, saying, hey, uh, I, you know, have paid this thing off now. Uh, you know, can you stop charging me that extra 20? And they're like, well, you're going to have to change your phone plan. And that I'm doesn't like, sound right. Do I get my money back from December to now? No, no, that was up to you in December to change your phone plan. <laughs> oh, it's the most frustrating thing in my life. I, I just don't fundamentally understand what, why would they even say two years then? Why is it a two-year commitment? Why don't they just say it's a life commitment? <laughs> like seriously, unless you phone them and, and change the plan, they were just going to keep charging me till the end of time. And they, I know that's how they work, right? Because they hope you forget, and then they can just keep charging you that extra amount uh, a month. And so I'm asking, like, two years. So why do you even say two years when you don't mean it? And, and this kind of, I think, cuts to the core of where our government is having difficulty with all of our internet service providers and our service providers for mobile data. Um, you know, we've seen that they have told Rogers, Bell, tell us uh, that they have to provide a, a, a better bulk rate for uh, internet data. Um, which, you know, we were being told, well, you know, we, we can't possibly do that. Of course they can. Um, and, and, you know, that we also have had the, uh, the cell phone users bill of rights kind of come through where, you know, our contracts are supposed to be easy to understand, uh, which you get this wonderful paper contract that's easy to understand. I guess I didn't really, understand mine. It was a lifetime yeah. commitment. 
that they're, they're following the letter of it, but not the spirit of it here, which is really frustrating. Um, kind of going back and forth, I, I bought my, my parents some new iPhone 11s uh, for Christmas. My dad, unfortunately, had smashed his iPhone SE. I was waiting for the new iPhone SE to come out. And of course, I missed yeah, it by sucker. four months. Sucker. <laughs> but um, kind of looking at it, you know, there was the idea of financing it at zero dollars or uh, some sort of tab. And I looked at the guy and I'm like, what is the difference between these? And he said, $20 a month. And I went, so why would I go with one over the other? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Oh, he it went was off script, Graham. <laughs> Just, he, didn't, he didn't have a response for that. Yeah, you could, you could sort of see the puzzlement. And I'm sure there are probably people out there who are working for these companies who'd be able to say, here's the difference straight out. But as a person walking into the store trying to get these phones for my parents, absolutely no idea. And of course, now I'm on the same sort of plan that Mike was on, where it's like, I, I should actually go oh, and mark sucker. that date you, You're in a big calendar. sucker. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, so anyway, I asked, well, like, why didn't you tell me? And, you know, the response was, well, we have 10 million customers. I'm like, you know what? If we can put a man on the moon and you can do these amazing things with your Rogers app on tracking when I'm like traveling and giving these roam like home packages. I mean, they do some amazing things. You don't think there's something built in there that could just like, hey, alert me that it's up. Like a text message? Or just about anything. But anyway, so the problem I have now is apparently it's the old financing plan and I have to completely change my plan now. So you know how I got that $60 a month plan. I can't have that now. <laughs> if I change, like if I don't want to pay that 80 bucks and it went up to 85 bucks because somehow they got another five bucks a month in there. Uh, so unless I change my plan completely, uh, I can't, I can't change have- your, com- change your carrier. Oh, yeah, because that'll, that'll help. That's, that, that, that's the fun thing. That's what we do, right? We threaten to go to the other guys. We go get a price yeah. from the other guys, and then they put us through to loyalty retention. What a, what a ridiculous dance. Is anybody else tired? I'm tired of this. I'm tired. So here's a lesson. Uh, if you are financing uh, any phone on your plan, make sure that you're keeping track of when that is over. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, webcam alternatives. If you can't find one online because you want a, a good new one, they're in short supply. Well, we've got some alternatives. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike Eggerbo here with John and Graham. We're going to go into the mailbox. Uh, we always get questions uh, coming into the program, and uh, we'll uh, try our best to answer them uh, every so often. This week, uh, John, what do we have? Well, we've got um, Alan. He wrote in, and he's uh, he just bought a brand-new MacBook Air, and he's trying to use virtual backgrounds on Zoom. And he's... Uh, without a green screen we should point out and he's not able to because it says it requires a quad core processor and his macbook air has a dual core processor oh wah 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 yeah and this is a common problem we have with a bunch of our staff even that have macbooks that are dual core and they they don't get to use the backgrounds like some of us do like graham um (laughs) and uh so yeah it's a it's a it's a big problem graham you you had a pretty good description of of the situation yeah, so if now here's the thing, there are a variety of different processors that are in the new MacBook Air. If you're buying the base model, it's got a Core i3, and so that Core i3 is not capable of doing these real-time backgrounds. Um, if you do step up into the Core i5 or the Core i7, uh, it will do these backgrounds. So the, the, the question there is, did which model did you buy? Now, if you if you did buy one of the better models. Um, it's possible right now that Zoom has not updated their software to reflect this new model. They've been on a feature lock because they've been trying to lock down some security concerns. So there could be a bit of an issue there where we will see that updated at some point. So 
kind of keep that in mind. Um, you know, looking at possible solutions, we were just talking about using DSLRs as a webcam. Uh, a lot of streamers out there do this, and they use a lens, uh, a fast prime lens that has a very shallow depth of field. So this could be one option for you with your MacBook Air is instead of using the built-in blur background and zoom, actually give it a camera feed where the background is blurred and uh, you should have a little bit more success with that. Uh, John, you and I have uh, tried out uh, Snap Camera uh, mm-hmm. that works on a variety of different machines. Have you had much success with it? I've, I've tried it for a while, but sometimes I found, found it kind of gummed the system up a little bit. Yeah, I find that um, it sort of keeps running in the background sometimes and yeah. it can chew up some processes. Sometimes it doesn't doesn't uh, play nicely with Zoom, so it's not a choosable option as far as a camera uh, goes. And the other trick is finding just normal <laughs> snap camera filters that aren't basically turning yourself into a pickle or some other crazy <laughs> potato-y type thing. Um, generally, they're, they're all the same kind of Snapchat filters where they're, they're adding some kind of, you know, like rabbit ears or something silly to you as opposed to something some somewhat serious or businessy, like if that's what you're looking for. But um, they, they do have some filters that do change the color. And they, there is a couple, I think, that were blurry. Uh, backdrops that would work and the nice thing is is that it doesn't seem to have the hardware limitation that um, zoom does and you can run it within zoom as a selectable option as far as your camera goes but you still have to feed whatever camera you're using into snap camera choose your filter and then choose snap camera from within zoom yeah i uh at first i thought this is the best thing i've ever done you know, I was creative. I had all these uh, things I could turn myself into. I could wear funny hats, you know, virtual ones. Uh, like you said, turn turn myself into a pickle or a carrot. Uh, there were some, like, great Tiger King uh, ones <laughs> as well uh, that uh, got a, a lot of great laughs, you know, when I was doing uh, Zoom calls with my friends. But I started finding that it, um, it kind of took over the camera. You know what I mean? Because it acts as another USB camera. So you either pick the one that's on your laptop or your computer or you or you select snap camera so that you can do all those filters. But sometimes I had a real hard time unselecting that camera. Like it just wouldn't yeah. do it. And um, I, I eventually got to be honest, I uninstalled it because it was causing more trouble than it was worth. Yeah. But I think you, I mean, I still have mine installed and I still check out the lenses every once in a while just for fun. Yeah. But uh, you know, Alan might want to check out snapcamera.com to get the app and install it and see if it gives him anything close to what he was looking for if he can't do it from a hardware perspective. Okay. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of these shows that uh, we're streaming and that we're liking and even looking uh, forward to. I, n- I know so many of my friends and family now have been burning through the uh, the Netflix and the Amazon streaming library. So we'll talk about some of the uh, the ones that you might not have uh, checked out yet and some of the ones that we're looking forward to as well. When you come back from the break, what we're watching. Stay tuned here on The App Show. Back after this. You are back with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here. I've got fellow app nerds John Beeler and Graham Williams with me today. Later on, we'll be answering one of the questions from our mail bag uh, asking about Zoom backgrounds. I think a lot of us have been using that uh, video conferencing uh, program or tool uh, to keep in touch with family, friends, and work. Well, uh, some people can't access the backgrounds because their computers aren't powerful enough. And we'll explain what uh, might uh, be some alternatives uh, for you. Right now, let's talk webcams. Have you tried to get a webcam online? I know you got one, Graham, but I did. they are very hard to source out right now. 
Yeah, I, I ordered it uh, March 29th, and it showed up April 21st. So <laughs> a little a little beyond the 10 days they said it was going to take. Yeah. But it got here, and I'm I'm happy about that. It, it, uh, it was interesting because I'd actually put a call into customer service. I, I bought it directly from Logitech. And, oh, okay. Uh, so when I when I called uh, the next day, my order disappeared. As as it does, I as it does. <laughs> and I was actually I've been reading reports on some of their forums where uh, people who have called to complain have had their orders canceled. Uh, I was fortunate; mine showed up two days later, so it was sort of this like ethereal uh, thing where there it was. Uh, but uh, you know, if you take a look on Amazon, you take a look on Staples, you take a look on Best Buy, uh, these things are nowhere to be found. Well, it's interesting because I always like to have a good camera when I'm doing Zoom meetings, uh, and especially if I'm doing, because I'm in broadcast, I'm doing uh, hits for other local TV stations. And this was interesting. Canon has uh, worked out a way now to allow some of their DSLR cameras to act as web cameras, which I thought was amazing. I've actually got uh, one here in the house that I want to try out. John, can you explain how that all works? Yeah, this was something that that uh, Stephen, one of our producers, was was playing with, and he's actually got it set up for his Zoom calls, and he has a, a good Canon camera, but he was he wasn't using this app. This app is a brand new thing that just came up from Canon. There's there's a number of sort of workarounds and sort of uh, really like eighteen steps to get to that point, and sometimes it even involves a firmware hack to unlock some of the f- functionality. And then Canon came out with what they're calling the the EOS. EOS webcam utility. I'm a Nikon guy. Sorry, Ken. Um, and that basically allows you to use a, a bunch of different uh, Canon DSLRs, mirrorless cameras, and even PowerShop cameras uh, connected via USB to your computer as a dedicated webcam. So there's a good chance that someone might have one of these in your house. Like like Mike, you said your daughter, daughter has one. And uh, so you're going to see if you can hook it up and run it as long as it's on the list. It doesn't support every camera made by Canon, unfortunately, um, but it's a pretty extensive list. Uh, if you just uh, Google it, and we'll try to get a, a list up on our website as well. But um, there's quite a lot of cameras that it does support, uh, typically more on the prosumer side. Um, but then also there's a few of the lower end ones as well, like the the, the T6, the T6i, uh, Rebels, and that type of stuff. So, And and the quality on them can be fantastic. I, I guess the, the issue you'll have, though, is audio. Yeah, but the chances are you're going to have this camera pretty close to your face anyways. And so it might just depend on what lenses you have. Um, but you can also probably still just use your computer audio as well through Zoom uh, and just have the camera maybe on a tripod a little further away and zoomed in to you. So, so this is this is a Windows 10 app. That's right. We should point uh, that out. We should point that out. But if you're on a Mac, uh, here's kind of a fun one for you. There are two pieces of software that you can use in conjunction together for Canon DSLRs, and it is for their DSLR line specifically, um, for Mac that will let you do this. Uh, one is called Camera Live, which gives a live feed from your camera uh, into your computer. And the other one's called Camera Twist, which basically turns your DSLR into a video feed that Zoom and other pieces of software can access. Uh, so if you put these two things in together, uh, you plug your camera in through USB, uh, you'll actually be able to use your, your Canon DSLR with uh, Zoom and Skype and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, to your point, you can use either the built-in microphone on your Mac if it's got one or grab yourself a mic uh, to, to use as that audio feed. So again, uh, the Canon one works with Windows 10. Uh, hit the Canon website and they will have a list of all the cameras uh, that work with it and the software that you will need to download to, to do it. 
We are going to have to take a break here on the app show. Still lots to talk about when we come back. We'll be talking about Zoom backgrounds. Maybe your computer's not strong enough to use them. Well, we'll talk about uh, which ones aren't and uh, maybe some alternatives uh, to that. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike, John, and Graham here. This segment, uh, I want to talk about streaming. We're all uh, watching shows, I'm sure, because we have a lot of time on our hands. But if uh, you're like us, you've probably burned through a lot of the uh, the top tier shows uh, or popular shows on uh, streaming services like Netflix or Amazon Prime or even Crave uh, for that matter. So I just thought uh, we would talk about some of the shows that we're uh, really uh, into uh, at the moment, uh, maybe give some inspiration to uh, the folks uh, at home. And uh, I also want to acknowledge uh, May 4th is coming up, which is uh, Star Wars Day. May the force be with you. And I'm going to put that right over to you john there's actually a uh, a, a new series coming out on disney plus uh, revolving around the mandalorian the very very popular star wars series that they launched a while back you mean the baby yoda show the baby yoda show exactly <laughs> that's what yeah. it's become is the child it is not baby <laughs> that's yoda. right yeah. yes so Aside from it being Star Wars Day, and uh, also it'll be when Disney is making Rise of Skywalker available to stream as well, a couple months ahead of schedule, just to coincide with Star Wars Day. But what I'm actually looking forward to the most is something that Disney is calling Gallery. It's inside the Star Wars Mandalorian TV show production, and it's an eight-part series uh, hosted by Jon Favreau, the creator and uh, one of the minds behind the show uh, showing how they put together the show and all the inspiration, all the art, all the artists and, and all of the things, baby Yoda. Um, and it looks really amazing to watch how they put together the show and it might hold us tight us over until the next season airs uh, whenever this situation is over. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm really looking forward to uh, on May the 4th to watch at least the first episode. Cause I think it's, they're doing it in uh, um uh, in order as opposed to a, a big binge dump. Well, I'm going to check that out. And of course, uh, it's probably better if uh, you watch The Mandalorian, if you haven't watched it yet. And even if you're not a big Star Wars fan, it's still a, a really great uh, series that, uh, you know, even if you haven't watched the Star Wars movies, uh, you could uh, get into and pick up uh, pretty quick. Uh, I'm going to send it over to you now, Graham. What what are you watching that's uh, cool and you like? So, so I, I was on YouTube uh, about a week and a half ago, and I, I happened to see a video with uh, a hip-hop artist known as Grandmaster Flash. And uh, <laughs> okay. he is uh, a fellow who is credited for coming up with a lot of the theory behind uh, what is now modern hip-hop. And in the beginning of this video, it's an, it's an hour long as he's taking you through the history of this stuff. He happens to mention a TV show called The Get Down. And it was uh, a TV show that was made in 2016, went on the air in 2017, made by Baz Luhrmann. You might remember uh, Baz from Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Moulin Rouge. You know, some of these big productions uh, that are, you know, really tied into music. And so uh, I, I thought, you know what, well, I'll, I'll put this on. And um, I, when I saw it, it said that it had been canceled, but it was done in two parts. So I was thinking that I was sitting down to basically a two-part special. Um, the first episode, I think, is probably about an hour and a half, almost two hours long. It's it's like a movie. And it's this fantastic story of uh, a, a young kid named Ezekiel who goes on to become a character in this show called MC Books uh, and Shaolin Fantastic, a DJ protege of Grandmaster Flash. Uh, this is like if J.R.R. Tolkien told you the story of the origin of hip hop. Um, absolutely <laughs> incredible production value. 
And it's interesting because it's actually, you've got that large opening section and then there are um, six episodes uh, in, the, in the first half and five episodes in the second half. And they have very different flavors um, all the way through. Unfortunately, the show was canceled because it was actually the largest budget television show um, ever produced at the time. And you can really see it in those opening stretches. It tells the story of 1977 in the Bronx, where you know there's just graffiti, arson, and just a ton of social strife um, as this music culture is evolving. Uh, Jimmy Smith is in it. Um, it is absolutely fantastic. And a nice little tie into Star Wars, um, Giancarlo Esposito, who you might know as Gus Fring from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, uh, he shows up in The Mandalorian. I won't tell you how, I won't tell you when if you haven't seen it, but he is also a uh, supporting character in this show and he's absolutely fantastic. So that's The Get Down. It's on Netflix and you can probably binge it in about a weekend. Uh, I've got a couple shows that uh, that I just loved. Uh, one of them is on Amazon Prime. I don't know if you guys have watched this yet. Uh, Tales from the Loop. I've not. Uh, so there's this uh, Swedish artist. His name's uh, Simon Stollenhag and uh, he came out with this uh, crazy book. There were these uh, illustrations and paintings uh, he did. Uh, it, it looked kind of like a rural farmlands, but, you know, in the background, there'd be like giant robots and, and things like that, but kind of, you know, weather-worn and, and stuff. And they were really kind of surreal images. Well, they actually made a, uh, a series kind of based on that look and feel, and it's kind of like an anthology series. I think there's, uh, uh, I forget how many episodes, uh, eight. There's eight episodes. And if you... Um, if you, what's that show? Uh, is that Black Mirror or Dark Mirror? Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will love this show. So each episode can kind of stand alone, but they're all tied together uh, as well so that you can uh, follow right uh, through. And I, I really enjoyed it. And that, again, is available on Amazon Prime. And another big one, if you haven't watched this yet, you have to. It's kind of depressing and uplifting at the same time at, at moments. It's called Years and Years. And this is a, a show produced out of uh, the UK. Uh, starring Emma Thompson, a miniseries. And it basically is uh, looks into the future and the UK basically uh, electing this uh, eventual uh, leader that uh, is kind of very Trump-like, but, you know, a hundred times worse. And, and it follows this family through the years and how they go through all these changes in, in their society. And it's kind of interesting, like Trump uh, is even in there uh, as well. I mean, you don't see him, but it's basically, you know, the last months of his um, his second term presidency in the show. He he won again in 2016. And uh, I'm going to give a little bit away of the plot. Uh, in the final days of his uh, presidency, um, he nukes a Chinese island in the South Pacific Sea because they're building a big military base. And it just kind of crumbles from there. And wow. so it is just fascinating. And I, I know, Graham uh, and John, you would love this show. And it's called Years and Years. I, I believe it's available on Crave if you get the HBO uh, edition subscription to it. Okay. So you have to check and that out. And tonight is the season finale for season three of Westworld. Oh, my God. Has season three not been, like, the best? You know, and we talk about this often, but every season they sort of reinvent the show a little bit. And yeah. it just, this season, I think, is probably their best i love the story in this one it's easy to understand i found uh season two kind of got really loopy you know with all the different time shifts and things like that but this one they um they get out of the park into the real world and 
not only was the story good, but I just love the world that they had created for the future as well. Like all the, uh, you know, the ride sharing cars and flying taxis and things like that. It was is really cool. Unfortunately, we're going to have to uh, go. We have uh, run out of time. I want to thank everyone that helps uh, put the show together and my uh, wonderful co-hosts, uh, Graham and John. We'll see you again next week. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.